Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I don't think we can go back to last year. You have to go forward to this year. Even with 22 guys, it's still a different team. You know, it's a different team. We tweak some things for us to get better at. We know some things that hurt us. So as a team, we have to re-gel and redo our chemistry and everything else and try to get better from there and start from the bottom up. I think if you go into the season saying that we're top dog, we've already lost. I mean, we've already lost. We're starting at the bottom, and we're going to work our way back up. Todd Bowles, Buccaneers defensive coordinator, getting ready for the title defense. And Peter providing motivation to the Buccaneers. The kings of the mountain are not the kings of the Peter King power ranking mountain. There they are at number two behind the Kansas City Chiefs, the full top 16. Intriguing. You're making them nervous in Cleveland, Peter, putting the Browns at number four. I was on radio there this week, and they, they don't want that. They don't want that mantle. Hey, get used to it. If you're going to be good, people are going to realize it, and they're going to rank you accordingly. But give me the the uh, the explanation, the reasoning, why the Bucks with all starters back on both sides of the ball, with Tom Brady being Tom Brady, why are they at number two behind the Chiefs? Because I think that the Super Bowl uh, was obviously the culmination of an absolutely great run for the Buccaneers. But as much as we all want to say, oh, my God, they, they've got everybody back, you know, is that, I, that's never happened before. Is that a good thing? How do we know? I mean, how, how, how do we know that that is the best way to do it? Do you want to do that if you're Jason Light? Should you have done that? Almost certainly yes, but what effect does it have on team chemistry when your locker room is pretty much exactly the same as it just was? Because that's the way this team is going to be. Secondarily, I just think when I think about that Super Bowl game and I think of Patrick Mahomes getting hit, sacked, and pressured 29 times in that game, never having a moment's peace in the pocket, or even out of the pocket last year in that Super Bowl. When I think of that, I say, what happens if instead of having the 32nd best offensive line in the NFL that day, what happened if they had the 12th? Which, I don't know what their number is right now, 
but they have replaced four of the five starters from the Super Bowl. And I think they're going to be significantly upgraded on the offensive line. So would that have been a whatever it was, 31 to 9 game? If, you know, if the Kansas City Chiefs had even a representative offensive line in the game, it wouldn't have been a 22 point game. I can tell you that much. But look, we're all looking for something at this time of year, Mike, to say, hey, listen, here's how I projected. Here's what I think. Here are the teams that I think could rise. And I mean, that's why I take a char- an LA Chargers team and I put them at 10. I see an awful lot of things that I like in the Chargers right now. That's why I put the Browns four. The, for the first time since I've been covering, uh, well, since I've been covering the league, all right, say in about 1989, I look at the Browns and I don't see a glaring weakness. That's never happened before. And that's why I put them so high in these rankings. So I don't know, you try to make guesses and you try to make projections. So that's all they are. And it gets people mad on Twitter for a couple of days and then everybody forgets it. Let me put a pin in the Browns discussion for a second because you made me think of something with the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. First of all, and, and I vaguely recall having this conversation before about the value of bringing back all of the starters. I, I'm a believer that when you've won a Super Bowl, there is benefit in bringing in a veteran who's been around, who's never won one, and that can help shake off the complacency that sets in when you got a bunch of guys who just climbed the top of a mountain, they got to do the extended victory lap, and now you're asking them to climb the same mountain again with all other teams targeting them even more aggressively. I think Tom Brady's the difference here, though. He is so driven now to get to number eight, and then he'll be driven to get to number nine. And he is just so over-the-top competitive, pushing the buttons of all of his teammates that, that I think that they won't fall into that trap. But with the Chiefs, my concern is this, and I just thought of this for the first time. They, they may be so obsessed with getting back and beating the Buccaneers that they're vulnerable to losing to one of these other great teams in the AFC. And that's going to be the challenge for Andy Reid once the playoffs come around, because surely the Chiefs will be one of the seven teams from the AFC, keeping his players focused on one week at a time through the AFC playoff field and not fast forwarding to the rematch with the Buccaneers, because that's when the Bills or the Ravens or the Steelers or the Chargers could upend you in the playoffs. First of all, never call me Shirley again. But secondly, I would just say that the Buffalo Bills are the biggest threat without any question to the Kansas City Chiefs. And, and if you look at what the Bills have done right now, I mean, to me, and I wouldn't say that, oh, the, the guy who's under the most pressure of, of all these rookies is Gregory Russo. But I would say that if they get a good edge rushing presence out of this draft, if they're right about Gregory Russo, who's only had one good pass rushing year in his life, but in this year, in this draft, you've got to take chances that maybe in another year you wouldn't have taken. If they get a better pass rush, they can hem in Mahomes with Jerry Jerry Hughes and Gregory Rousseau. I think, they, I think they've got a really good chance because there are few teams that can score with the Kansas City Chiefs. The Buffalo Bills are one of them. 
And and I was amazed. I was looking at the over-under totals. Westgate had over-unders and point spreads for all 17 weeks. And the Chiefs have like 14 games that are projected with an over-under of 50. And by, by, by far the most of any wow. team. And there's going to be some high-scoring games. And I think it, it's Chiefs-Cowboys that was the highest at 55, but Chiefs-Bills comes in at 54 and a half. That's a Sunday night game, week five on NBC, Chiefs-Bills. That should be a great one. And here's hoping for another rematch in the postseason. The Browns at four. And, yep, yeah, here's the problem. You, you set aside the uniform and you look at the players, you look at the coaching staff, and you say, hey, all right. Then the Browns is the Browns resonates back through. How <laughs> confident are we that there won't be some sort of a relapse? You know, 2019, bar was high, and it was a huge disappointment. And, and now the other teams are starting to wake up to the fact that the Browns is not the Browns, and they're going to be a little more motivated and focused when they're taking on Cleveland. Can the Browns handle the reality of no longer being the downtrodden franchise? That's the big question this year. I think you're absolutely right. You know, are they built to handle the weight of high expectations? We'll find out. The thing that encourages me about the Browns is, you know, a lot of the mental side of this team, like my favorite player as far as the ethos of a player on the Cleveland Browns is Jarvis Landry. And Mike, think back to when they were on Hard Knocks and Jarvis Landry got up in the receiver's room and he basically decried and criticized the guys in that room who were not practicing. And he said, you know, basically this is pro football. You know, you gotta practice. This is, and he, and he dressed down the young guys in that room. That is really what you need more than anything else when you have the weight of expectations. You have to have guys like Jarvis Landry who basically will not accept anything less than a division title, anything less than challenging for a Super Bowl right here, right now. Nothing else beyond this year is promised to anybody. This year, the Browns have a very good chance of winning what I think is a very good division. And don't get me wrong on this. People will laugh at this, and I wrote this the other day. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to win a couple of games this year. And they're going to beat a couple of really good teams this year as long as Burrow is, is healthy and playing quarterback. Because to me, this is a young team that reminds me of, you know, Burrow reminds me of Fouts and that receiving core reminds me of what the Chargers were a long time ago. This is a team that might lose some games 42 to 37, but they're going to win a couple of those too. I just hope that the offensive line can protect Joe Burrow long enough for him to find one of those great receivers. He's going to have to get the ball out quickly as he continues to not just recover from the torn ACL, but Peter, remember Carson Palmer's first year post-ACL surgery 2006 all year long. He was seeing ghosts around that plant leg. Now it's different. The rules yeah. changed. You can't hit the quarterback low, but Joe Burrow is going to need to have confidence that he can step into his throws, put that leg out there, and not worry about it getting hit by somebody who may be swarming around his, his knee. I think you're absolutely right. You never know how a player reacts coming off knee surgery. There's just something to Joe Burrow 
you know, he's like a baby-faced assassin. He just, you know, he, I just, when I look at Joe Burrow and when I hear people who know Joe Burrow very well, I think of a guy who essentially, you know, is the guy who deserves to put the team on his back. You know, you heard stories this year when he was recruiting Riley Reef that time at dinner, uh, Jeff Ruby's Steakhouse in Cincinnati, and how when Riley, Riley Reef left there, he determined that night, I am signing here. And who knows, it was probably already in place anyway, but just being exposed to Joe Burrow for two hours, you know, made Riley Reef say, I want to play for this guy. Yeah, I agree with you completely in the assessment of Joe Burrow, and here's hoping that the Bengals can put the help around him to let him realize his full potential. In San Francisco, they are in the midst of an uncertain transition at the quarterback position. We don't know when the transition is actually going to occur. You've got them at number five, despite this question of who the quarterback's going to be. If it's Jimmy Garoppolo and they do finish among the best teams in the NFL, doesn't that guarantee another year on the bench for Trey Lance in 2022? We'll see. I mean, you never can tell. If Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy for the for the second time in only in four years, maybe so. But I just think right now, the reason I put them so high is because what has stood in the way of the 49ers in the last in three of the last four years. What stood in the way is that they have not had an above-average quarterback. Uh, they haven't had a top-10 quarterback playing in three of those four years. Now, in, in the year, much of the year, in 2019, when they reached the Super Bowl, Garoppolo was playing at a very high level. So now, when you look at the 49ers, if Garoppolo gets hurt, you've got to figure that Trey Lance, and maybe Trey Lance takes the job, you don't know, but you've got to figure that Trey Lance is going to give them a lot better play than either Bethard or Mullins, you know? So I just look at this as a quarterback depth call. And look, a lot of people wrote to the column this week, uh, and I'm going to use one of the letters on Monday, and they wrote to the column and they basically said, the 49ers are the biggest myth in the world. They have had... You know, they've won six, six, and four games other than the year they won the Super Bowl. Why do people keep overrating them? And it's a very simple reason. In two of the last three years, they have had to play the majority of the season with a, 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 a scrub quarterback. And so at this point, I think the quarterback will make all the difference. It'll help to have Nick Bosa, obviously, uh, healthy for the year. But they are going to have the kind of play, and I think depth on offense as well, that's going to uh, put them very close and make it a, a, a Rams 49ers tussle at the top of that division. They have willingly, though, thrust themselves into this strange position of we still have Jimmy G and he took us to a Super Bowl and he was one throw away from winning that Super Bowl, but because he wasn't healthy the year before or the year after we've decided to move on they made the huge investment and i just i don't i don't if they have a plan they're not sharing it with us if the plan is to make us all not know what the hell they're going to do mission accomplished 
I still don't know what's going to happen and how this is going to play out. And I don't know that it's good for Trey Lance to sit on the bench all of this year once you've given up that much to go get him. We'll see how it plays out with the 49ers. Let's hear from Bill Belichick. He's at number 17 in the Peter King Football Morning in America power rankings. Belichick from yesterday talking about his top two quarterback options, Cam Newton and Mac Jones. Cam's been here, um, you know, all the way through. Um, he was here, you know, at the beginning and, you know, has been, been a consistent participant, you know, continues to give us the usual, um, you know, leadership and, and um, you know, energy that, that he brings to the field and to the workouts and, and to practice. So, um, you know, Cam's, Cam's very professional and I, I'm sure that he'll, you know, continue to work hard to do his best out there like he's always done for us. It's never been anything but that. Uh, from the day he got here. But really, we're starting everybody at the same point like we always do uh, this time of year. So, you know, Max, Mac dove into the playbook and continues to do that. And, um, you know, like everybody out there, you know, we all have a lot of things we got to work on, and that, that includes everybody. And, and so that's what he's doing. That's what everybody's doing. Hey, Peter, even though there's a little nepotism on the coaching staff in New England, when it comes to deciding who plays, it's meritocracy. And Bill Belichick is not going to hesitate to put whoever th- he thinks, genuinely believes, has assessed and concluded, gives his team the best chance to win. That's who's going to be on the field. Points bet thinks it's Cam Newton week one at minus 275. That's an overwhelming favorite over Mac Jones at plus 250. I, I think it's whoever Bill Belichick believes is going to help them win games. And if it's Mac Jones, he'll play Mac Jones. If it's Cam Newton, he'll play Cam Newton. And if he decides during a game that it's in the best interest of the team to remove one guy and put in another, he will. He's proven that time and again. I think one of the, uh, you know, and I, it's funny, I was talking to uh, Brian Flores about this when I went down to Miami right after the draft or in the middle of the draft. And I think one of the silliest things that uh, one of the silliest cliches in the sports media business and to some degree in the football team business is you got your starting quarterback. You can't waver from him. You've got to keep him in there, even if he's struggling, because if you take him out, the, out of there, well, you can't put him back. And who, who invented that? rule <laughs> who said that if you if your starting quarterback stinks this week that you can't put in the backup and look it was easy you had a rookie quarterback like Tua Tagovailoa who struggles Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in pulls a huge rabbit out of the hat in Vegas last year and and that was obviously that was the right call by Brian Flores and it's one of the reasons why I think you have to know your team you have to know your quarterback if you've got a quarterback who might have a bit of a fragile psyche, maybe you let him battle through things like that. But in my opinion, Bill Belichick, exactly as you say, Mike, is really not going to care that much about the psyche of his players. It is all going to be what gives us the best chance to win today. And I, I agree. Points bet, I'm sure, is right that Cam Newton is the overwhelming favorite to take the first snap. But... If Cam Newton struggles in camp and Mac Jones stars in camp, uh, that's that's going to change. Two quick observations, one more important than the other. First, 
We heard from Tua Tagovailoa this week about the struggles he had learning the playbook, learning the checks, fully mastering the offense last year. That helps explain why in crunch time of multiple games, he was out and Ryan Fitzpatrick was in. And you better understand why that door revolves a little bit more. And as to the idea of who invented that, I would be remiss if I did not mention that when you said that, it reminded me of Estelle Costanza trying Merlot for the first time. And she said, Merlot, I've never heard of it. Did they just invent it? So uh, I I was compelled (laughs) to share that with you. Maybe that'll make its way into an upcoming Seinfeld trivia uh, block on PFT Live. Number 20, the New York Giants, your boyhood favorite team, the Giants. How can you disrespect the Giants? Have you not seen? Have you not seen what they are doing to put pieces around Daniel Jones to allow him to to become the next Phil Simms, the next Eli Manning of that proud franchise, Peter? Well, let me just say this, Mike. This proud franchise now, this is the 10-year anniversary of when they last won a playoff game. And that was a big playoff game. They beat the Patriots, you know, at the end of that, uh, at the end of the 2011 season, obviously. But, you know, I just want to see it first, Mike. And it isn't that I doubt them, but the jury's still out on Daniel Jones. He has played okay, but not great. And he's had some really good moments. But he's had some ugly moments as well. So let's see. I don't really know what to think of Daniel Jones. Now, offensively, they are going to be a lot better. They're going to be a lot better in the running game with Saquon Barkley coming back. And they're going to be a lot better at wide receiver with Kadarius Toney, uh, obviously, and Kenny Galladay. The one guy on this team that I think is being forgotten right now um, is when you bring Kyle Rudolph onto your team and everybody, ah, you know, it's just insurance for Evan Engram. Hey, look, Joe Judge saw what happened in New England in when they went to two tight end sets. And no one is going to say that Kyle Rudolph has the athleticism of either Rob Gronkowski or the late Aaron Hernandez. But he is a very good NFL tight end. And I think he's got one year or maybe two left to really impact a game. So I like him almost as well as I like, let's say, Kadarius Toney to help this quarterback, especially in the intermediate part of the field. Having said all that, you know, I just would like to see them play well and consistently on offense. And look, we're going to see how well they'll do on defense. Um, But I think they lost a huge piece Uh, with Dalvin Tomlinson going to the Vikings. That's one of the big gets in free agency that nobody's talking about very much. But I just want to see the Giants do it. The last four years, we haven't seen it. One of the the challenges of doing power rankings when everyone is 0-0 and and will remain 0-0 and for several more months, somebody's got to be 20. Somebody's got to be 28. Somebody's got to be 31. And... At a time when fan bases have been soaking up any and all hope they can find from the end of the season until post-draft, they don't want to hear that it's going to fail, even though someone is going to be 20, someone is going to be 28, someone is going to be 31. That's just how it works. And as to the Giants, I firmly believe when you look at Kenny Galladay and all the money they spent on him, first-round pick on Kadarius Toney, 
the after they missed out on Devontae Smith when they got leapfrogged by the Eagles. Kyle Rudolph, the all these pieces, it's a no-excuses season for Daniel Jones. He's either going to make a jump, and we're going to be gushing about him the way we gushed about Josh Allen last year, or it's going to be someone else next year as the quarterback in the New York Giants. This, this is the pressure cooker that Daniel Jones is being placed into. No excuses. Get it done this year or next year. You're not going to be on the team. See, the interesting part of the Giants is just think about this year versus next year. And you're right, Mike. I think the entire uh, you know ethos of picking quarterbacks now has changed and changed rather dramatically. Daniel Jones going into his third year, and this is his prove-it year. This is it, okay? Tua Tonga-Valoa going into his second year. I'm not saying it's his prove-it year, but it might be. And this never used to be this way. Quarterbacks used to get a lot more string to be able to prove themselves. But, and I'm just saying this is a big but, because I don't think this is going to happen, but I think it might happen. And that is... The New York Giants, if they're lousy this year, will have a high draft pick. And the New York Giants will also have Chicago's first-round pick this year. Now, who knows? Chicago might be picking around 20 again. You never know. But suppose that the Giants have the sixth pick, and they got the 20th pick in reserve, and they like one of the young quarterbacks. I chuckle when everybody said, yeah, the quarterback crop next year is lousy. How in the world do you have any idea what the quarterback crop is next year? Did anybody think that one year ago that Zach Wilson was going to be the second pick in the draft? Nobody heard of Zach Wilson a year ago. And and I don't know if Zach Wilson's going to make it or not. But don't tell me that there aren't going to be good quarterbacks in the draft next year. It's a bunch of malarkey. And Peter, even if we get to the end of the 2021 college season, and there isn't, a great crop. And I agree with you. It's too early to know. You got ammunition that you could use to trade for one of these veterans that is disgruntled that may want to play in New York. Remember, it was two years ago when Russell Wilson was posturing for his latest contract, the Giants, New York City. That was a destination that was mentioned for Russell Wilson. So uh, that could come back after this season. And they've got those two first round picks this year, 2022, in the next draft that they could dangle in order to make that happen. Raiders, you've got them at 23. Now, here's my question. If they finish in the 20s and thus don't make it to the playoffs for the fourth year of John Gruden's return, four for four, no playoffs, is that enough for Mark Davis to make a change? Or does John Gruden get a chance to go five for five, no playoffs? Mike, you know, all I know is this. You know, Gruden in three years coaching the Raiders has six fewer wins than Jack Del Rio had in his three years coaching the Raiders. Now, obviously, I don't think Gruden is going to be in trouble uh, if they win six games this year, but it's going to cause Mark Davis to really start thinking. And not just about uh, John Gruden, but about Mike Mayock. And, you know, Mike Mayock's draft picks have to do better. That's all there is to it. And, you know, I look at this not necessarily as absolutely joined at the hip, but this is a this is a year the Raiders have to show progress. And these these uh, you know these disappointing defensive first round picks 
like Cleveland Furl, uh, like Damon Arnett especially, you know, they have got to start making plays this year. And they've got to start showing that they deserve to be top 20 picks. And it's one of the reasons, like when everybody looks at Alex Leatherwood this year, and, and you know, when I wrote, uh, you know, a week ago or so that uh, I thought that the Baltimore Ravens did not have, uh, you know, the, the word was that Las Vegas was worried about the Ravens jumping up to pick Alex Leatherwood, and so they didn't want to trade down. And I believe that the Ravens did not even have him in the top two rounds of this draft. So, again, who knows what to believe and what not to believe. But what I'm saying is Mike Mayock right now has not earned the benefit of the doubt on Alex Leatherwood. And look, for his sake, because I really like Mike Mayock, I hope Alex Leatherwood works out. But the reason why everybody is dubious about Alex Leatherwood is not just because he was picked higher than everybody thought that he would be picked, but because of the record um, of the Raiders draft choices early on. I think if they don't make the playoffs this year, it's a given that Mayock is out. I think he was in more danger than anyone realizes ending the 2020 season. Gruden just wasn't sure who he would replace him with. Gruden's got more time. Gruden's got more equity with Mark Davis because Mark Davis views Gruden as his buddy and it's going to take a lot for that relationship to implode. So, I, I look, if it was any other coach in any other city in any other circumstance, he'd clearly be at the top of the list of guys on the hot seat this year. But but with Davis and Gruden, he gets a pass for another year and maybe more beyond that. Let's take a break. We're going to have more power rankings chatter in a segment of which doesn't belong and why right after this on PFT Live. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, he had a great day yesterday. Okay day today. He's not necessarily on a pitch count. They monitor every throw. And if there's anything they have to adjust, they will. And it's been, it's been full speed ahead since the last two, three practices. He's he's relentless in terms of uh, his his uh, want for knowledge and uh, in terms of studying. And he's got a lot of horsepower in his mind. And uh, and he's he's not he's not afraid to use all of it. We're only week one into it. Um, I can tell you this: he throws a pretty ball. That's for sure. <laughs> 
Um, but I, I've just, I've liked his uh, mannerisms. I like uh, his command in the huddle. And I would say he's, man, he's progressing right kind of where you want him to progress at this point. I, I think mannerism technically qualifies as a Simsism. Mannerism, but what I was just okay. going to say that. Mannerism. <laughs> Maybe I've had it wrong for 55 years, Peter. Now, I think you might have had it right. Uh, I think, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I admire your mannerisms. <laughs> Let's get to it. Which doesn't belong and why? We had clips there from the coaches of the Jaguars, Lions, and Jets. Which doesn't belong and why in the teams that Peter King has ranked number 29, number 30, and 31, respectively? I'd say probably the Detroit Lions because I think they're going to bite enough kneecaps to maybe <laughs> climb out of that that end of the power rankings hole. Um, the one guy who doesn't get talked about very much, um, Bill Parcells has always been really, really high on Aaron Glenn's ability as a coach. So he becomes a defensive coordinator in Detroit, and I think he's going to instill a toughness if you're not tough under Aaron Glenn, somebody else is going to be playing. And I think whereas it was obvious that the Lions, many of the Lions, got tired of the message that Matt Patricia had, I don't think they're going to get tired of the Aaron Glenn message. He's going to be very much pro player, but he's also going to be extremely demanding. Um, I, I would take Detroit as a better than number 30 overall. I'm fascinated by the kneecap biting culture because it's, you know, the lines have been so bad for so long. You just roll the dice, roll the dice every few years. Eventually they're going to come up seven when seven is good. Sometimes seven is bad. Eventually they're going to get a good seven for the Detroit Lions. I'm going to say the Jaguars don't belong because they are the, the latest team to go all in with the grand experiment of taking a highly successful college coach and seeing if it translates. Will he be Jimmy Johnson? Will he be Chip Kelly? We don't know. But recent, recent history suggests that uh, these college coaches have their work cut out for them. Next one, Peter, which doesn't belong and why? Middle of the pack, Chargers 10, Dolphins 11, Cardinals 14. Non-playoff teams who made it into your top 15, which doesn't belong and why? I would say uh, the Cardinals because I really, really struggle with the Cardinals as much as any team. I didn't love what they did in free agency because they're trying to create the 2016 All-Pro team, you know. And I, so I'm not sure how much free agency is going to help them. But just remember, this was an explosive team for much of last year that really failed down the stretch. So I think the Cardinals have a good chance to be better than 14. I, and look, I've got a chance. I, I'm I'm going to say the Cardinals because. The wheels have essentially fallen off for them since that Hale-Murray game against the Bills. The Bills went one way. The Cardinals went the other. This is Cliff Kingsbury's prove-it year, and I know there's this sense he's tied yeah. to the hip with Kyler Murray, but I think at some point Michael Bidwell, the owner of the team, starts thinking, hey, we've got this special young quarterback. Maybe, maybe we need to be finding a way to get more out of him and get more wins from him. Uh you know, while, while we still have him on a, a low-value contract. Last one, which doesn't belong in why from number 15, Washington, number 18, Titans, and number 19, Steelers. I really struggled putting the Titans 18. Look, I don't, like I wrote in my column, I can't unsee what the Steelers became at the end of the year. I have no idea what their offensive line is going to be. 
I don't know what Matt Canada is going to be like as an offensive coordinator. I just think they're a total mystery team. But the Titans, I don't know. I put them at 18, and I went to bed on Sunday night, and I said, man, you're going to look stupid when they win 11 games again. So, I mean, the Titans at 18 bug me. I just think that they might be without their co- losing both coordinators in the last two years. They had they struggled to replace Dean Pease last year. They fell defensively, and now no Arthur Smith. We'll see what the results are. I'm going to say Steelers at 19 because I think they're going to be better than that. My experience, and I've lived near in or around Pittsburgh all my life. When the thinking is they're not going to be very good, they find a way to will themselves to a surprisingly good season. And Mike Tomlin, very good at getting the absolute best out of the guys he had. The key, though, is, number one, Ben Roethlisberger staying healthy, and number two, Najee Harris being the real deal for them. All right, that's it for which doesn't belong and why. We're going to take a break, and we're going to have a draft of the quarterbacks who may be part of the next wave of discontented players who want out. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. Obviously, there's a there's a different look to this city. You know, it's very green, trees everywhere, and uh, Utah is definitely not like that. Um, you know, there's definitely some aggressive drivers here, that's for sure. Uh, getting used to that, you know, getting cut off about every everywhere you go. Yeah, Zach Wilson, wait till you're out there with Chris Sims. Chris Sims, where's the middle <laughs> finger from Chris Sims? Uh, yeah, Chris will let Chris will let you have it. That is definitely not Chris's Tesla, and I have a feeling Zach Wilson can afford a vehicle slightly nicer than that modified Volkswagen Beetle. Uh, all right, car. now we, we have had uh, plenty of quarterbacks who have decided that they want to follow in the footsteps of Tom Brady, make a power play, get out of town, control your fate, be involved in crafting the offense and developing the roster. So we know the guys who currently want out. We're going to go next level here. And this is all speculation. This is all guesswork. This isn't reporting. Don't freak out fans of the teams who have these quarterbacks who may eventually want to play for a different team. Peter, I'll give you the first pick the quarterbacks who may be in the next wave of guys who make power plays. You know, look, we're not going to put uh, Deshaun Watson in here because obviously he's, whenever his legal situation's clarified, he's almost certainly going to be gone. Um, I will, I'll just take a stab uh, and look in Las Vegas and, and I'll say Derek Carr. And the reason I'll say that is that at some point, if they keep losing and he keeps hearing, you know, the, the, the rumors and the footsteps behind him, that maybe Gruden isn't all in on you. He's going to say, I want to go to a place that is behind me, that backs me. Let me go to Carolina where they're going to love me. And so I'm going to start and I'll pick Derek Carr to start my little uh, festivities here, Mike. Yeah, he was on my list, and you get to a point where you've had enough. You feel like you've been consistently disrespected. You develop some leverage as you get later into your contract, and maybe you decide, I want to be traded. There's nothing preventing a guy from asking to be traded and or making it public, and more and more guys are going to do it. I'm going to start, and I know that there are fans of a certain team whose helmet looks like somebody got drunk and tried to carve up a pumpkin but keep it's it's not happening anytime soon. 
But Joe Burrow is a guy that if, if, if he doesn't have the team around him that he thinks he should, if he doesn't have the protection that he thinks he should, and we know how the Bengals do their contracts, he's, he's a guy that I'm keeping an eye on as the future unfolds. I hope he stays in Cincinnati. I hope he's great in Cincinnati. Um, I just keep an eye. Keep an eye in the coming years on Joe Burrow. I actually like that one. I think that's smart. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, and who knows? It probably never happens, but I, I, I think that's, a, that's an interesting one. I would say, I don't know if this qualifies in this category, Mike, but I'm going to say Jimmy Garoppolo, that Jimmy Garoppolo plays, let's give you, I'll give you this scenario. Jimmy Garoppolo plays well this year. The Niners go deep into the playoffs, and and Garoppolo basically says, hey, listen, you know, you didn't believe in me a year ago. I want to go now. And I think the 49ers would accommodate him. Now, under that scenario, what would be really weird, I think, and you think so too, is if Jimmy Garoppolo goes 19 for 19 starting every game this year or however many games they play. I, I think that's probably unlikely, but we'll see. I could see at the end of this year Garoppolo going to John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan in an amiable way and basically saying, look, it's best for everybody. Let me go uh, quarterback the Carolina Panthers. Hey, and you know what? It was it, it will work out next year if that happens because no one's touching him at $25 million this year. If he plays and plays the full season and plays well, then you'll have teams that may be willing to absorb the final year of his contract in 2022. I'm staying in the division, and I'm sliding down to Arizona, and I'm going to say Kyler Murray. Peter, I remember when you made the observation where Murray was drafted. This guy's lost three games in his entire high school and college football career combined. How's he going to deal with losing at the next level? He's always got the opportunity to go play baseball. He was a top 10 pick of the Oakland A's, or Las Vegas A's as the case may be, potentially, or Portland or some other city. But Murray, he's already said, hey, why shouldn't I be involved in deciding who we draft? I mean, he's, he's willing to, I think, follow the lead that's been set by others. If that team ends up bottom of the division – this year, wrong side of 500, 8 and 9, 7 and 10, 6 and 11, whatever the case may be. I think he's a guy to keep an eye on. He's getting closer and closer to the end of his rookie contract. I would watch him. I'm going to I'm going to veer away and tell you a weird name right here. Okay, but I'm going to say Sam Darnold. And obviously it's not what you think. But the way I view Sam Darnold's situation in Carolina is that He's got a lot of power in his hands. If he plays really well this year, but David Tepper still has his eyes on Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, you know, some guy in the draft, you know, Sam Darnold could say, hey, listen, you guys don't believe in me. I want out. But that's only if Sam Darnold plays well this year and he ends up having a little bit of the power after the season. Yeah, it's either one out or get a big contract that ties them together and ends this speculation they're going to make a move for someone else. In Cleveland, the constant chatter has been, when are they going to sign Baker Mayfield? When are they going to sign Baker Mayfield? Well, Baker Mayfield's got a vote in all of this. And Baker Mayfield has always been extremely confident in himself. And look, I'm not saying he's looking to leave or he's ever going to look to leave. But he's going to set the agenda at some point. And if they don't sign him, if they don't try to sign him this year, and he has a full season, like the season he had at the end last year, 
He's going to be holding all the cards, and he's going to drive a hard bargain. And who knows? One of these high-end quarterbacks eventually is going to do the Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins thing and say, I don't want your extension. I'll keep playing year to year, and we'll see how it goes. And it could get very interesting. And I can see Baker Mayfield having the confidence in himself to do just that. All right, we need to take a break. We'll wrap up this Friday edition of PFT Live right after this. There's there's Freddie, look, and he's sporting the the Peter, and there it is, there it is, <laughs> like grandfather, like grandson, the apple, or I should say the afro, doesn't fall far from the barber chair. Is that the right way to do that? That's awesome. The afro doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> yeah. Well. Looks like you had a great time out there in the Bay Area with family. And everybody, this weekend, be smart, be safe, be wise, celebrate. Remember those who have given the the ultimate sacrifice for the country. That's what this weekend's about. But be safe. We'll see you on Tuesday. No show Monday. Peter, enjoy the weekend. Thanks for your time, everybody. See you soon. You too, Mike. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University, that's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.